This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas in educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. This year, Fresh Ed is starting an initiative to interview early career scholars and PhD students. Many listeners have told me that they want to hear from them as much as they want to hear from the quote-unquote big names in the field. I couldn't agree more. So to kick this initiative off, Rui da Silva joins me today to talk about his PhD research on Portuguese aid to Guinea-Bissau. Rui is a PhD candidate at the Institute of Education, University of Minho. He is also a board member of the Center of African Studies of the Oporto University. Guinea-Bissau is a small state in West Africa that was formerly colonized by Portugal. Since independence in the 1970s, the country has experienced tremendous political instability. As such, the educational development that has been undertaken in that country has been precarious to say the least. On top of this, there are many colonial legacies that make educational provision difficult. For instance, although Portuguese is the official language and language of instruction in public schools, only a handful of people in the country actually speak it. Imagine that. In our conversation, Rui details this history and attempts at educational development by different organizations. He's recently co-written articles on these topics that appear in the journals Compare and Globalization, Societies, and Education. Rui da Silva, welcome to Fresh Ed. Thank you. So how did you get involved in Guinea-Bissau? Uh, I get involved in Guinea-Bissau as an education specialist in a Portuguese aid uh, program. I work since 2004 uh, uh, as an education specialist in several Portuguese-speaking African countries and since 2009 in Guinea-Bissau. So, and, and for some of our listeners that might not know where that country is located, where is Guinea-Bissau? Yeah, uh, uh, Guinea-Bissau is a, a West African small state between Senegal and Guinea-Conakry. It's a, it's a country with a, around 1.6 million population for around 1.6 million. And so, yeah. so it's a it's a small state in that sense. Yeah, yeah, in that sense, small state. Yeah, small state uh, regarding to the, the the size of the country and also the dimension of the population. And it was a it was a small state that was uh, colonized. Yeah, it, it was a former uh, Portuguese uh, colony, and uh, in a very interesting thing is uh, uh, they declared unilaterally the independence in 1973 because of uh, as a consequence of the liberation struggle. So, so Guinea-Bissau declared independence unilaterally in 1973 you said when when did the struggle start for independence yeah the the the, the liberation stru- uh, struggle started in 1974 64 sorry 1964 right and so yeah. and so and then a f- uh, nearly a decade later they become independent and then since the independence what what are some major events that have happened in Guinea-Bissau 
uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, Guinea-Bissau, uh, the country experienced considerable political and military approval. So, since independence, there were 10 coups and it was a civil war between 1998 and 1999. So, during this period, yeah, the country, is, uh, during since independence, experienced uh, a lot of considerable political and mili military approvals. So, for instance, you, 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 in this have a consequence in the education system. Since independence until now, they, they took, they took office 33 ministers of education in 45 years almost. So, wow. Wait, so 33 ministers of education in 45 years. Almost 45 years, yeah. So there must be so much change happening in the education system. In fact, the, as, as a, this is the political and military stability, that provokes the contrary because... As as uh, uh, different ministers took office, the reforms and the, the changes doesn't happen because there's no one in office to 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 put the, that, those policies forward. So imagine the first education act was published in two thousand ten. Wow! Right. So there's a so there's at the policy level there's a lot of ideas perhaps by all these different ministers that are coming in and out, but they are rarely put into practice. Yeah, and that results as uh, the education system is marked by uh, discontinuities, contradictions, and unfinished reforms. So tell, tell me a little bit about the education system kind of from a practical point of view. Like, what does it look like? What goes on? I mean, at the national level, it seems like there's just constant change. What about at the, the school level? The school level, the school level uh, is the same. Imagine when a new minister took office, take office. Usually, the school uh, principles change also. So there's a lot of instability, and also the the out of school children are are is very high. And. Uh, 94% for instance the education budget is dedicated to pay teacher salaries so so families have to to make a huge contribution and also there's lack of uh, access the, the 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 schools are, are not the schools available are not uh, sufficient to 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 accommodate all the children so there's a lot of community and private initiatives in 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 the country for instance Around fifty percent of the students at primary education are within uh, community schools or madrasas, and forty percent of the secondary students. So the the parents, the parents and the family's contribution is 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 high for the children who are lucky to 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 have access to school. And you have been involved through your university where you work is that correct yeah yeah, not, yeah. the university I, I, i'm i'm working now yes i i'm, I'm involved in, in the in the country with a, with, with this particular country because i I'm, I'm finishing my my phd i'm waiting for the viva now so i i'm involved on that but on the past i work in the when i work with the country without doing research I work with uh, other other 
organization, yeah. And and what which organizations did you work with in Guinea-Bissau? Yeah, in in, in Guinea-Bissau, I, I I work for the uh, School of Education from the Polytechnic Institute of Viana do Castelo because we 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 have a, a technical and pedagogical backup for this Portuguese aid uh, project. And so there, so you you are working through a university that's connected to the Portuguese aid. Yes. Which yes. which is. In the past, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about Portuguese aid? Yeah, uh, uh, Portuguese aid uh, uh, be, be, began in the mid seventies uh, with, uh, with, with the with independence of the 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 former colonies. That and and. Uh, Portuguese is a is considered a, a fundamental pillar of the Portuguese foreign policy policy in the last decade, and was undergone with significant transformation to attempt to adapt to to, to the realities of the domestic and national contexts. Usually, these transformations include frequent institutional and organizational reform, resulting in the creation and merge of an extinction of different organisms. So, there's also and Portuguese aid is one of the characteristics is is decentralized. So, usually we have a, a development agency, but the other ministries ministries also do participate in, in their own bilateral uh, agreements with the uh, partner countries. So, but uh, uh, um, in 2012, we, we, we in, as a uh, consequence of the, the, the crisis in Portugal, and we, in 2012, we have emerged from the Camões Institute, is the agency that disseminates the Portuguese language and culture, culture in foreign universities and manage foreign Portuguese teaching with the Portuguese uh, Development a uh, Agency. So now we have a new institution, that is Camões Institute of Cooperation and Language. And this, this merge, uh, uh, for instance, uh, as you, you look for uh, an example, is like if in, in the UK, they merged British Council with DFID. And DFID is what? What is DFID? Uh, yeah, uh, department in UK. Uh, the, uh, no, in, in Portugal, they merged the the language agency with the foreign the development agency. For for the listeners are not were not familiar with these two institutions because they are Portuguese. Right. You can you, you can imagine some something like in if in UK United Kingdom merged British Council with DFID with Department for International Development. Right, and the, the 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 language issue was uh, began to uh, to start. Uh, it was in the past, but the language issue is a top prior priority. So this this changes in terms of of uh, of policies that and uh, the aid policies they 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 implement. So, so is the is the Portuguese aid in Guinea-Bissau? Is it? currently primarily concerned with language with promoting the portuguese language since the beginning it was the top priority but from 2009 to 2012 
that not the, the language, the Portuguese language, it was also a priority, but a, a priority as a strategy, not as an end an, an, an it itself. Let's take a short break. To see Fresh Ed continue through 2017, please consider making a donation to cover the show's small operating costs. Any amount helps. You can find the donation link at our website, freshedpodcast.com. Let's return to my conversation with Rui Da Silva about educational development in Guinea-Bissau. I want to kind of step back a little bit and talk a little bit more about Guinea-Bissau. It sounds like it's a country that receives a lot of overseas development assistance. Yes, that's that's right. Is 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 aid dependent. Since the 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 independence, education and health are are aid dependent. If there was no international assistance to the country, the education system and health sector does doesn't work. Uh, from independence until 1999, uh, uh, Sweden was the main donor of the country. Since 1999 until now, UNICEF and the World Bank were the main donors fin- uh, responsible for financing the education systems and Port- Portuguese aid was the main donor to supporting schools. So UNICEF and the World Bank since 1999 support the macro level and Portuguese aid uh, the mi- more the meso and micro level within the, the schools. So the presence uh, of the donors in the education system uh, in Guinea-Bissau over time shaped the, the education system, particularly through aid con- conditionalities. And we 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 uh, we, we, can, we see that this support and this presence on, on the education sector in terms of macro level, in terms of the structure of, of the, the education system, this, the, the, the education sector became, the structure became more similar to the Western countries. Okay, but we cannot o- oversimplify this question. So these organizations have a role in, in, this, in, in this, but also since, since uh, the liberation struggle, it was a... Um, it, it was a, a goal to expand uh, and uh, this, this desire of, of uh, education for all and, and a national education system is a desire since uh, since uh, and it becomes stated uh, uh, an objective from the liberation struggle that was from 1964 to 1974. So after the independence, there was a desire to be a modern nation, national nation state and, and to match the levels of education progress in other countries. So in some aspects, the, 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 the goal of, of the, the, the country and the 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 reforms and some things that were promoted by international organizations they match, but since since the the nineties with the the structural programs, the, there was a, a, a setback in the investment and in the expansion expansion of the education system. 
at the broader level, those organizations as the World Bank, UNICEF, Portuguese Aid, uh, and uh, other institutions may have been successful in introducing their educational agendas in, in Guinea-Bissau education system. So this organization promotes uh, a kind of standardization of the education system, especially in the macro level, in the organization of the, the system, making it more similar to Western countries, as, as I said before. This, uh, this standardization at the macro level is more evident at the tertiary education because of the pressure of the multilateral regional organization, UEMOA, so they are playing a, a key role in shaping the, um, the organization and the duration of the, 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 the academic degrees. And what, what uh, seems interesting is that this uh, organization is promoting the, some of the characteristics of the Bologna process. And this is not exclusive uh, from, from Guinea-Bissau. If you go to uh, Cape Verde, it's also a Portuguese former uh, colony, a small state island, also the same. They 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 putting the higher education simil similar in terms of organization and credits as the Bologna process. So, so some of the principles of Europeanization of education is is present uh, at, at this at this level. At, at the broader level, it seems that uh, the primary education policies have more influence from multilateral and non-governmental organizations. And the post-primary uh, uh, education policies are more influenced by bilateral uh, organizations. So there's also um, a great stimulus for increase the, the private settle, sector. And uh, the so, however, uh, the research we we are we, we conduct in in, in Guinea-Bissau indicates that these local actors are both creators and interpreters of the policies, but uh, uh, their influence, these, these local actors, their influence at the macro level is minimal. They, have, they, they are more able to do sh uh, uh, changes and to, at the meso and micro level, especially within schools, but at the macro level, these international organizations, multilateral or bilateral, have a, a, a huge influence in the education system because they are, done, not only because of this, but mainly because they are independent. Right, so they have to, so policymakers have to meet meet the conditions for these loans and these grants from these various organizations and so that in a sense ties their their hands their agency is arrested the, yes yeah, not all the, the macro level agencies so right you, right you, you know they are not passive passive uh, receivers you no know? so but also uh, um, a huge challenge usually you you have in in, in the country three, four, five, six months treasure strikes because of the lack of payment of salaries. And usually this, usually World Bank, have, uh, uh, the loans usually cover the, the teacher salaries. So usually they, and also UNICEF, but it, so they, they solve all, um, 
the the strike usually the strikes in in the country because they the loans allow the government to pay teachers salaries and then the the school system start uh, starts working again huh interesting so the the teacher salaries are dependent on aid from the world bank sometimes yeah not all times but uh, during during the history of the country you you have that so what what's another example of where my, uh, micro or miso level actors reinterpret some of what these aid agencies are trying to give to the country okay that's a great question <laughs> so, so yeah for instance we we can we we can go now to this portuguese portuguese aid uh, portuguese aid program so they they uh, implement teacher resource centers in the the schools but on be, on the beginning they call language workshops on the beginning they were, they were they start these places as um, where te- where teachers can go and have access to uh, teachers and and students have access to ICT and also to the language but with the the, the time those 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 places with with um, the, the 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 teachers and the students became those places as a they became teacher resource centers and resource centers to the schools not only a language workshop so th- this was also influence at, at the, the 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 local actors have influence on that but also at when you go to the to the uh, macro level the 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 minister of education staff also when when they they have assignments from from the donors because they are they are within um, a project. They interpret that, but sometimes there are misunderstandings. So, for instance, when when in two thousand and eleven, between two thousand eleven and two thousand twelve, when they were a education reform, there was a language issue on 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 the. The, the implementation of the program. They, they began to have uh, working groups to prepare materials for the new reform, and the consultants were French. So they, uh, uh, they, they had one subject, it was geste pédagogique, and they translate that directly to gestos pedagogicos, that in Portuguese, doesn't mean anything. So, on on the end, uh, on the end, they 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 try to 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 adapt that donor driving policy with a, a, a translation problem. They try to implement that, and they try to to adapt the, the that that uh, policy. Was it successful? I mean, it sounds like that policy wouldn't necessarily work if there's a huge translation issue. Yeah, unfortunately, there was there was a coup in 2012, and uh, it was a political instability since then. Since ah. then, so the, the, that that will will be a 
at the moment is a other unfinished reform that we don't know what's going to happen because of the political instability. So right, we we need to follow follow up. What we know from from that is what uh, another unfinished uh, reform. It sounds like the donors have had huge power in the country and in the education system with designing these policies. But it also sounds like they make some, well, some simple mistakes that actually are quite profound, like the one you you mentioned with hiring a French consultant to design uh, policy and curriculum and ultimately having problems with translation. Yes, they have. But but now within the Global Partnership for Education, it seems it seems that the the donors are coordinating better the the the, the efforts because they have the local education group. But it seems we don't know for sure. But it seems they are now more coordinated coordinated. But because of the the political instability. Most of the policies that doesn't follow. What what it seems very interesting in in, in this case, in, in the article article, we 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 have a, a figure that that uh, when you that you can find uh, the Guinea-Bissau political and military instability with coups, attempted coup, political assassination, and seizure of Minister of Education. We have a figure when that was is re, represented, and uh, you can see the instability. When you go there and you see the the period from 2010 to 2012, it it is these three years, these uh, two years, are one of the most stable stable periods of of the, of the country. The Education Act was approved, approved, and other uh, important leg- legislation was approved, and the education system work uh, work all year without a strike and without uh, uh, stopping. So you you can you 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 see the the resilience of the education system when you have stability. The the education system. Uh, Start working, start working, and doesn't doesn't stop, and 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 the, the donors have a, a key role on this because there was stability, political uh, 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 considerable political stability, and then the 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 donors support su- support the, the education system, and the education system work uh, work is uh, uh, two full almost two full full years. But do you, do you also think that the development assistance from all these different donors contributes to the instability in the country? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't think so that, that they, they contribute to that. The, 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 the instability is, is military and political, and we, we watched this since, since uh, independence. I don't, I don't know. I'm talking about the education sector. I don't know the other sectors. If they contribute to that, because there, there's a, a huge presence from the security uh, the security forces uh, aid, the, because of the reform of the, the security forces, because they are identified as a, a, a key issue to the stability of the country. In the education system, I don't think so. 
So I want to turn to some of the work that you've done um, in Guinea-Bissau looking at um, the Portuguese aid intervention at the school level, um, particularly from that 2009 to 2012 period. So kind of in that period of stability you're talking about. And, and this program focused a lot on capacity development. Can you tell us a little bit about what this project was? Yes, this project uh, it it was they it worked since two thousand until two thousand and twelve. This second phase from two thousand nine to two thousand twelve implemented the capacity development uh, approach. It, it, that was um, a, a period where where Portuguese aid implemented a new strategy, and then. Uh, the new strategy was in 2005, and then in 2000 and, and uh, between 2008 and 2009, they restructured the the program. And this program, impl- uh, since then, I- implemented the capacity development uh, a- approach, and then introduced a lot of uh, changes within the um, within this 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 uh, this program. So, whose capacity was being developed? Yeah. So. Uh, uh, on the past, the, the the focus was on, especially on teachers and students, on beginning on students, and then on they start to get development capacity of teachers. But within this second phase, it was adopted a, 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 a broader a capacity development approach. So there is no there is no single definition of capacity development, and the, the debate is complex. But however, there's a consensus in the various definitions that intends to de- develop existing capacities and involve the state, the public institutions in the, within the process. The, the Portuguese also have a, a in 2010, have a strategy on capacity development and follow the OECD capacity de- development uh, approach that uh, uh, that uh, limits itself at three levels. So at the individual level, the individuals, the organization level, and the enabling, enabling environment. So from 2009, the the the, the program tried to integrate these three aspects. The capacity development of the individuals, the organizational level, so supporting the individuals, the schools, the Minister of Education, and taking in consideration the enabling environment. So it was a, a huge change within this, the, this, uh, this program because on the first phase... The, the 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 program was developed developed year by year based on the, the experiences and the diagnosis made by the the, the expatriate staff within the the project. In this second phase, no, we we have we have a document project. We, we, we integrate this this perspective, this capacity development uh, perspective. And integrate not only expatriate uh, staff but local staff working with within the teachers, the schools, and the Ministry of, of Education. So why why did the Portuguese aid change its strategy in two thousand five and then begin focusing on capacity development in two thousand nine? Pre- I mean, so this presumably that approach 
didn't exist in the first phase of this project from 2000? No, no, it wasn't. The first phase, the first phase was developed on the ground year by year. So, but since uh, since this new this strategy in 2005, they they start to restructuring the 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 program. So. Yeah, and 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 this program also, uh, as I said, integrate these these three dimensions of of capacity development uh, and try to be context uh, have to have context sensibility. So, and 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 also promote schools uh, school network school networks. So. So was it successful? In some ways, yes, but. Uh, we're still examining this, but it seems that the the um, the success of this capacity development approach also have some links with the end of the project, because on the past there was coups, attempt of coups, and political and military instability, and the 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 project never stopped, because they were on the school level only. Usually, when when there was a coup in two thousand twelve. The um, the security of the staff wasn't wasn't a, a an issue because of this is a bilateral program. They cut relation the government Portuguese government cut relations with the Guinea-Bissau uh, government, so the the project stopped. But we with the period from two thousand nine, especially two thousand ten, two thousand twelve. Because of this this capacity development approach, the organizational uh, level, the, the the link with the Minister of Education was more close. They even have a small office within the Minister of Education building. So with the cut of relations, the pro the program stopped. Not in the past, they they continue promoting activities in in the schools because only on the school level. When when you don't have only the school level, you have other levels that we think we think maybe is one of the reasons that the the, pro, the program didn't didn't continue so this bilateral relations maybe the capacity development approach doesn't work doesn't is not can can be uh, is not the best strategy to when when you have a bilateral education program because we we, we you work more closely with the with the Minister of Education and the, the macro level, the political level, and then there was a coup, they changed, the, the, the new ministry, the new government wasn't recognized by the Portuguese government, so they stopped it. So all of that infrastructure that the Portuguese aid had inside this national ministry all of a sudden stopped, was gone? Yeah, but... But, but still, Portuguese aid has a, a commitment, I think, with the with the country because the activities, the bilateral activities, stopped it. But then most of the activities from this program passed to a Portuguese NGO, and they are implementing not the, the same strategy, but the, the the activities within the schools. They are they they still working with uh, with the NGO so the, the activities passed to a, a, a Portuguese uh, NGO do you do you think that the Portuguese aid um, 
or or I should say, do you think that neo-colonialism plays a role in in the relationship that that Portuguese aid has in the country? I think so. In some level, some level, because since since the beginning, the top priority from for the the Portuguese aid is the language issue. We didn't talk that, but when within the the context of 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 Guinea Bissau, the 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 Portuguese is is official language, but only with the most optimist statistics. Only about five percent of the people in the country can speak Portuguese, <laughs> and also Portuguese is the official and school language. And most of the the children who go to school doesn't speak Portuguese. Not all, but the majority. So this is an issue. And since the beginning, since the the since the independence, in in some level. I don't. I'm not, I'm not say is the responsible. No, it's not the responsible. But in some level, have a role, and the the language issue and the urbanization of education is a characteristic of the colonial education system still present today. So it's also related with the perpetuation of some uh, of some of the colonial education system characteristics. Is the language, urbanization, and that excludes a lot of children from 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 schools well Rui da Silva thank you so much for joining Fresh Ed it was really wonderful to talk and best of luck with your Viva thanks Will it was a pleasure being on your show Rui da Silva is a PhD candidate at the Institute of Education University of Minho Fresh Ed is brought to you by the Globalization and Education Special Interest Group of the Comparative and International Education Society. Fresh Ed's assistant producer is Sherry Yang. Original music for Fresh Ed was created by Digital Primate. Please note that opinions expressed on Fresh Ed are solely those of the host or the guest interviewed, not CIES or the Globalization and Education SIG, which take no institutional positions. If you've liked what you've heard, please consider rating us on iTunes. It helps. And please be sure to visit us at freshheadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll see you next week.